People don't want to hear it from me. They want to hear it from you because I think there is a lot of distrust with the media. And so having these local voices will really enhance stories and will help consumers relate to them more. And they'll be like, oh, I know that who that person is. We want them to help us tell these stories. Welcome to Better Together with Costi Epifonsev, a podcast on parenting, business, and living life intentionally. We're here every week to bring you thoughtful conversation on making your own path to success, challenging the status quo, and finding all the ways we're better together. Here's your host, Costi Epifonsev. Hey, y'all, this is Costa, and today I'm here with my guest, reporter, journalist, and anchor, Betsy Scarsbrick. After working as a staff reporter and intern at WBTV in Charlotte, North Carolina, Betsy graduated with a Bachelor of Broadcast Journalism from UNC Chapel Hill and joined Stonecom in 2021 to serve as part of the largest radio news team in the state of Tennessee. Today, we're talking about local broadcasting, journalism, and getting down to the juicy bits. Betsy, tell us about your position with Stonecom and what's it like to be a journalist here in the Upper Cumberland? I first got here about a year ago, and it's a lot of getting into the community, talking with local leaders, community leaders, county mayors, city mayors, director of schools, and just kind of really telling the story of the Upper Cumberland. Sure. And you grew up in the suburbs of Charlotte. Yes. Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes. Okay. And how different is an area like Cookville from where you grew up over in Charlotte? Charlotte is huge compared to Cookville, Tennessee. So it was definitely a little bit of a culture shock going from big city Charlotte and then big university in Chapel Hill and then coming to a smaller community and just kind of being thrown into the community itself. I mean, talking to all these, like I said, all these community leaders and all of these people who everybody knows each other. A lot of people grew up together. And then I'm kind of this outsider really digging my way into the center of it all. And you came in the middle of a pandemic, right? So March 2021, how long did it take you? And are you still searching for friends? I mean, it definitely took me a while. So graduated in May of 2020. And so that was really hard because senior year spring break happened. And then we got back from spring break and senior year was over. And so a lot of that time was, you know, hanging out with my friends and doing classes virtually. And it was amazing. And then I had to move back home. And luckily enough, my parents let me move back home and I could live there rent free. And so that was really a plus. But then on the other side, I didn't have my job that I wanted that I went to school for four years for. I was looking for any kind of journalism, you know, freelance writing gigs, freelance audio podcast internships. I was really looking for it. And it took mm-hmm. me a long time to even find this job. I mean, I was bartending at my local Chili's nice. when, I, when I found this job. Go and so, Chili's. yeah. <laughs> and so coming here, it was hard. You know, it was exciting because I was like, wow, I finally have my job. It's something that I've wanted to do. I'm so excited. And then I was coming here, didn't know anybody. I live alone. I work all the time. So it was really hard. And I really struggled at first. The people at home know they, <laughs> the people were worried. The people were a little worried. It took me time. I finally kind of once I started getting my groove in my job. Yeah, I think that helped a lot because I started becoming better friends with my fellow reporter, Benjamin. 
becoming friends with other people at this station and just kind of feeling more at home rather than living in a place where I work. It took us a really long time to find friends when we moved to Cookville. And my wife is from here. And it just so happens that I guess once you graduate college in Cookville, Tennessee, mostly people move away. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of had to wait until we caught them on the comeback swing, you know, on the circle back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which we have. And they keep trickling in. And now we have more friends. But still, yeah, those clicks are hard to break. We talk a lot about that on the show is kind of the small town vibe breaking through Mm -hmm. on the clicks. So when you were a kid, did you always want to be a journalist? I don't think so. It was something that in high school, I kind of started looking at it more as not just journalism, the people that I see on the news, something that I could be good at because I didn't do any journalism classes or anything like that. And I kind of found myself wanting to do something in communications. I didn't really know what that meant. I knew that I liked to talk. I was extroverted and I talked in people and I like storytelling, did theater and stuff. So whether it be in that end or writing people's stories. And then freshman orientation at UNC, I went in as a communications major, which is something very, very different than journalism, at least at UNC. That one is more film, TV and like writing for that kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't think that's something that, you know, it's interesting. I don't think I would be good at it. I don't have the itch to do that. And so my freshman orientation counselor was like, so what exactly are you trying to do? And I kind of explained it. I wasn't really sure. Obviously, I was 17 going to college. I didn't know. Yeah. And then she was like, I think what you're saying is journalism. And I said, okay. And then she changed my major there. And then I just started taking journalism classes. And I was like, oh, yeah, like this is cool. I really like this industry. What do you like the most about it? I think it goes back to telling stories. I like talking to people and I like getting to know them. And especially coming here, there are so many people and so many careers and and different activities I never would have expected to learn about otherwise. I've talked to county mayor of Cumberland County. And then I talked to the DeKalb County UT Agriculture Extension Agency. And then I talked to professors at Tennessee Tech. And so it's really opened my worldview, telling all of these stories and getting to report on all these things. So now that you've done this for a few years... Do you see yourself kind of moving forward in the journalism space or are I, you thinking about pivoting to maybe like doing a podcast? Yeah, I mean, like I mean, it's all very interesting. <laughs> this field of mass communications, sure. of journalism, of media, it's so broad. Yeah. And so skills that you learn in various classes and in various internships and in various jobs, they can translate to a lot of other things. I really like where I'm at right now. I like doing radio news and radio news specifically. I was never one to enjoy the TV news field. I just wasn't for me. But I think, you know, it could translate into writing in other fields and that kind of thing. Yeah. So we're in a relatively small market, right? Mm -hmm. What does day-to-day reporting, especially radio news reporting, look like to you? My day It can be kind of long. Myself and Benjamin, we work nine to five and we cover the whole Upper Cumberland. So we cover Fentress, Cumberland County, Jackson County, Clay County, Putnam, Overton. We cover we cover everybody. Good job remembering all those. Thank you. We do our best to cover everybody. 
And so nine to five, we're looking at what's going on in social media from all these other counties. We follow a lot of Chamber of Commerce, the county mayors and all that kind of stuff. We kind of keep up with what they're up to. And then we make phone calls. And so we're calling all these people, all the things that we think could be a story. We're doing interviews, writing stories that go on our website and our Facebook page and are read in the evening news. And then Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, we'll have city council meetings, county commission meetings, school board meetings, again, all across the Upper Cumberland. And so that's what we do in the evening time. And then we'll get stories from there. And then it's just day after day. I mean, is it hard to find a real hot story in this area? It it can be. There are some days where everything is happening and we always joke because sometimes we, you know, try and get out early on Fridays. And of course, shit hits the fan on a Friday. Right. And of course, it all goes wrong. On Friday, we had a mayor resigns and then a house burns down and all of these things are happening. And we're like, okay, well, I guess we're not getting out early on this Friday. Yeah. And then there are other days where I can't even get somebody to talk to me about a golf tournament fundraiser that they have. And so there are some days where everything is happening and there are some days where nothing is happening at all. You guys ever have situations where it's just like a really difficult circumstance, a really emotional type of dynamic? Have you ever talked to somebody on the phone or went to interview somebody on site and just been kind of emotionally struck? Has that ever happened? And and how do you respond to those types of instances? Nothing jumps out in my mind that has happened to me, at least in this job yet. There, I mean, there are times when there are difficult things to talk about. So in that regard, you know, a comptroller report comes out and there are findings and we have to talk to these county leaders, say what happened. And in that regard, it's really important to tell the full story. And it's not just taking something from the report, even though it's the factual thing. And it's important to reach out to that county leader and be like, hey, what's your take on this? I want you to be able to tell your side of this. And so I think that is the key there is just being straightforward and say, tell me what you think because I'm going to be reporting on this. So essentially... You're not trying to lead the narrative. No. You're just literally trying to report on the news. Exactly. Do you ever talk to people in our community that watch a lot of nationally syndicated news broadcasting and you're like, you know, they're not really giving you the news. They're kind of leading you to believing in a certain way. Does that ever come up? There are definitely people who are wary of the media. Yeah. And I think that is understandable. A lot of mainstream media, national media is the biased thing. And so that's kind of what we work really hard at, especially in local media, having people trust us. That's the main thing because no one's going to listen to our stuff. No one's going to read our stuff if they don't believe us and if they don't trust us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, you know, the most important thing that we do is making sure all these conversations are not angled in some way. This is kind of a crutch that we have, but it's also a good thing because almost all of our sentences when I'm writing, it starts with so-and-so said, so-and-so said. Mm -hmm. It's never anything me drawing a conclusion because that conclusion could be wrong. Right. It might be the real story, but I'm not going to say that because that's not what they said. So I'm reporting the facts as being told to me. That is what the news is. It's not me trying to find the narrative and make up a narrative. It's just here's what's laid out. Given that your background is broadcast journalism, so you studied, you know, four years on this subject and now you work in local journalism. What do you think is the biggest difference between local journalism and those nationally syndicated shows? The biggest difference is that the nationally syndicated shows, while they have fabulous reporters and they do have fabulous reporting and they talk about important things, they're a business. 
their corporation. And while we are a business too, you know, I think the biggest difference is that we're also members of the community and we're people in the community telling the stories of the community. I got to ask, what's the most outrageous lead that you've pursued and what happened? So this, I think this was my first like big breaking news story is in December. And it was a day where we didn't have any meetings. It was 5 p.m. I was finishing reading my stories. Benjamin had already left. And I was just doing some final touches, final editing. And this woman from our sales department comes back and she was like, hey, I don't know if you guys saw this. My daughter, she's a, a mail carrier in Sparta. And she said that this highway has been closed all day. The sheriff's department is there. It's along Calf Killer River. Apparently, they found a car at the bottom of the river and there are apparently bodies in there. Oh, wow. And I was like, it's 5 p.m. on a Wednesday. Do I call the sheriff? Sometimes he's hard to get a hold of. I'll at least be able to just leave a message. And so I call him on his cell phone and he picked up. And I was like, hey, sheriff, I'm so sorry to bug you this afternoon, but I got this lead. I wanted to call and see if there was anything that you can confirm. And he was like, yeah. Okay, what can you tell me? Right. And he was like, all I can tell you is that there's a missing persons case that is 20 years old and we can confirm that this is their car. Everyone was gone for the day. I was the only person that the news director had left. And so I called him and I was like, hey, the sheriff just told me this thing. Do you want me to report on this? Like, should I roll on this now or should we get more information? Yeah, you know, yeah. what do we want to do? And he was like, yeah, go ahead and report it. I was wow. Like, okay. And so I wrote it. And then I was the first person to be like the car of, and granted, you know, I'm not from the community. Sure. So I wasn't sure who these people were. I didn't know about the case. And it was these two teens who went missing in 2001, Aaron Foster and Jeremy Bechtel. It was later discovered the car had just gone off the side of the highway and they had been missing for the last 20 years. Wow. That was that. Now, when you report something like that, I mean, do you you just put it on social media on like your Facebook page? We use WordPress. Okay. And so our WordPress, we just type it in and it'll be in an article on our website and then the links are posted to our, our social medias. Okay. Before we move on, since you're a radio journalist. What's the difference between a radio journalist and someone that works for, say, like the Herald Citizen and is a journalist there? I think mostly is the audio component because okay. we do full-length articles the same as the Herald does full-length articles, but ours goes on the radio. And so okay. we have the sound that goes along with the story. So ah, we'll have the okay. the phone interviews that are recorded. They get broadcasted sometimes. It's normally it's just like a 10 to 15 second soundbite that is the quote that's used in the story. And then we have another aspect called the news and focus, which is whatever stories are used that evening for our newscasts, they're, they're little broadcast scripts. So they're not long because we're not going to read a whole article for our five o'clock news. Right. And so whatever news is used in that broadcast, the news and focus, usually it's the, it, the whole interview that is broadcasted. So it's a little more in-depth look at our broadcast news that we had earlier. Do you get a lot of support? And this is kind of like a new age term, but like from citizen journalists that are out in the community, does that happen in Cookville or is that more like a big city? Thing? Not that I have seen. That would be really cool though. Right? If we had, yeah, if we had like a little... Like a team. Yeah. 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 yeah of like people running around and they're like calling <laughs> in like, Betsy, listen, let me tell you what I got. We do get calls like that sometimes. Sometimes they're not anything that we follow up on and sometimes they are something that we're like, oh, that's interesting you said that. Maybe I can look into this further. Sometimes we get messages on our Facebook and, and things like that. Uh, so Cookville has been expanding. It's experiencing unprecedented growth, right? People are moving here by the thousands. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you think the future of journalism and reporting looks like for our area? We joke that our radio news team is, is the biggest in the state because there are two of us. Nationally, 
local journalism has been kind of on the decline. Newspapers are shutting down. Local radio stations are shutting down. We're trying to grow our news team. We want to continue expanding and having more coverage. And so I think for the local news in the Upper Cumberland, in the Cookville area, I feel good about where we are. And I think that we can still get growth. I don't think we're reflecting what national trends are. I think we're in a good space. We do good reporting. And our team, at least at Stonecom, we're trying to grow it, not shrink it. So you're saying that on the national stage, local media is getting smaller and smaller. Newspapers are closing. Why do you think that it's growing in Cookville? I don't think I can speak for my boss, but I think in our circumstance, we want to expand our coverage. Mm-hmm. We only have two people right now for our news team. And you know we're working a lot. We're doing a lot. We're covering all these counties. We want to make sure we're telling the full scope of all of the stories that are coming out of the Upper Cumberland. And I think people will just be like, you know, how much news can come out of Cookville, sure. Tennessee? Yeah. And you'd be surprised, you know, how much news can come out of Fenters County. You would be surprised. We're finding the news. We're telling these stories. And so the news is there. We just need the people to report on it and to have these community stories told. The audience that you're speaking to is probably growing. And over the course of the last few years, it's probably grown more with people moving here from different types of areas to small town Cookville. And so because of that, you have an opportunity to expand what most places in the state probably don't do, which is radio news. You know, if the people want to consume the media, we will create the media. We have the stories. We have the connections to tell the stories of the community. And if people are listening, we're going to keep reporting it. So what is the greatest challenge facing local journalists and what do you wish people knew? I wish people knew that, you know, I'm not trying to make you sound bad. I'm not trying to get to. I just want your voice to tell this story. You know, you have the knowledge on this topic and people don't want to hear it from me. They want to hear it from you because I think there is a lot of distrust with the media. And so having these local voices will really enhance stories and will help consumers relate to them more. And they'll be like, oh, I know that who that person is. We want them to help us tell these stories. And we want to have local news and to localize national stories and and bring them to the community. So before we wrap up, I got to ask, Am I a local journalist or am I just, as Ricky Shelton would say, the podcast guy? (laughs) Shout out Ricky Shelton, by the way. (laughs) Hey, Ricky. Um, I don't, I would say you're a local journalist. I think you're having the media and telling the stories. I'm a citizen journalist. Yeah. Hot dog. (laughs) All right. So we always like to end the show on a high note. Tell me one person who makes you better when you're together. I jump to like my best friends that are all over the place right now. But I think the one person who really does make me better is my older brother. His name is David. Shout out, David. He, um, I think, is like the number one person that I look up to just with his morals, his ethics, his view on life. Not only are we better together, we try to make each other better. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Better Together with Costa Yepafonsiv. If you've enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a review or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Better Together with Costa Yepafonsiv is a Costa Yepafonsiv production. Today's episode was written and produced by Morgan Franklin. Post-production, mixing, and editing by Mike Franklin. Want to know more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafonsiv.com. We're better together.